Friday. The next lug meeting took place at Roma's house a month later. The girls were there with Marquis so I could attend. Besides the usual crew, a young woman with long hair in a ponytail attended. This is Ray. She works at Toy Planet. Hey, Ray. Welcome to our lug meeting. Maybe you can tell us a bit about your Lego collection. Well, Mama actually started our Lego collection. When my brothers and sisters I were young, she convinced my father to buy us every Lego set on the New Zealand market. Well, can your family adopt me? <laughs> it's less of a deal than you may think. There are five of us, which makes plenty of birthdays and Christmas presents, not feeding the ones for Mum and Dad. Your father joined in? When the Star Wars sets came out, he started collecting them. Your house must be full of Lego. Most of it's in boxes. Some years ago, we threw away the original boxes and put all the sets into large plastic containers. So you actually built them all? Do you make mocks too? Of course. We usually have at least one large medieval village and castle under construction. I'm building every Harry Potter model and building them into a large scene. The next meeting should be at your place. Sure, I can ask if that would be okay. Ray, do you know what the May the 4th promotions will be? Does Lego have a special on May the 4th? May the 4th is the official Star Wars Day, hence the May the 4th Be With You promotion. Get it? Who comes up with these word games? The interweb. Maybe we should talk about planning for the show? Uh, Samuel, how many exhibitors have already registered? About five, um, plus most of us. That's not enough. We won't be able to fill the room with models. Any ideas? Daisy, are you going to exhibit your photographs? I'm not good with crowds. I really couldn't. Oh, uh, okay. I could um, talk to some of the customers about plenty of Lego, but they're usually pretty shy. I'm not sure if they dared exhibit. Without exhibitors, we don't have a show. Even if we bring together all the models we own ourselves, it won't be enough to fill all the tables. There's nothing worse than an exhibition that looks empty. I could try to find more AFOLs in the online forums, but most of the ones I've contacted said they would attend, but they didn't feel comfortable exhibiting. So how do we get them out of the closet? Rob, how is the planning for the location going along? I've got the floor plan so we can make a layout of the tables. I assume that the different exhibits will have individual needs. That's correct. Uh, they've given me information about how many tables they want and how they want them to be arranged. It might be challenging to find a good overall exhibition design. Oh, we might want the different themes together. Like all the city scenes should be next to each other and the Technic sets could also go together in one area. I can work with you on a layout. Roman, how's the brochure coming along? I saw the proofs and we are ready to go. I also talked to some radio stations and we might even make it into a children's show on TV. They've been very enthusiastic about our show. This all looks very good. We're making good progress, but there is not a lot of time left. Please remember that all of you need to exhibit something at the show. Roman, maybe you can show us your collection next. I would be delighted. Just follow me. Roman took us along a corridor to a medium-sized room. Shelves on both sides were overflowing with space models. Collectible minifigures were placed on the top shelf, and a half-open wardrobe revealed a large stack of Lego boxes. Welcome to my Lego room. 
It's not a large collection, but I put a bit of effort into it. Are these custom-made shelves? A good friend of mine made them for me so that they fit exactly into this room. Oh, you don't only have the Galaxy Explorer, but also the other sets of first classic space series. I remember playing with this rocket launch platform. Yes, 920 is pretty cool. Classic spaces, well, classic. Our small group inspected the models with great approbation. We had to take turns as the room wasn't big enough to allow all of us to move around and view the models freely. Slowly we returned to the living room. Our discussion continued for a while, and when I got myself another drink from the kitchen, Francis approached me. How's it going with your wife? Uh, she's moved out. Is that good news or bad news? It's very good news. The thorn is out of my flesh and I finally have a chance to heal. I need to come to terms with myself and the situation. And how are the children taking it? Better than the adults. We have a provisional agreement. I have them three days a week and she takes them four. It's working okay so far. How are you doing on the inside? I feel lonely at times, but when the children come home, it's just great. I love them so much. And I have much more time now to work with Lego. I'm building a couple of things for the show. That is good to hear. Maybe it will help you find some inner peace. It doesn't solve my problems, but it does take my mind off them for a while. Sleeping remains a big issue. Too many nightmares and too many far too early mornings. What do you think about Daisy? Isn't she a real one by five brick? A one by five brick? That would be an amazing design. But the Lego company doesn't produce any one by five bricks. Exactly. You need to find these rare and beautiful creatures in the real world. The nights still didn't bring any regeneration. Intense nightmares would throw me back into consciousness, which in comparison was bad, but still better than my dreams. The lack of sleep took its toll. I rotated my spine into the vertical position without enthusiasm. I stumbled forward and when I opened the bedroom door I saw a note on the floor. Were the children up again last night? They should have been sleeping. Ah, oh, it's from Marky. I'm sleeping in my room and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Marky still had a key to the house as the financial transactions had not been completed yet. I also could not make myself move into the master bedroom. It was still filled with the reminiscence of Marky and it was far away from the girl's room. I started the kettle and made some tea. I'd better talk to her before the children wake up. <sighs> Good morning. Hmm. I bought you a cup of tea. Thanks. Are you okay? I'm not doing well. Are you sick? I'm not sure. I'm just miserable. I put the cup down next to her bed and sat down at her feet. I took a sip from my tea. Do you want to talk about it? I just want to have a happy family. I understand. I want that too. What do you imagine a good relationship between us to look like? I don't know. What can we do to achieve a happy family? We just need to be together again. But if we just move together again without changing our behaviour, then we'll end up with the same problems again. Would you like to work with me on our relationship? Maybe we could include a counsellor. No, that would not be a good idea. Why is that? We haven't been able to resolve our issues by ourselves. We need to get external help. They're all useless. 
then do you have any suggestions on how we could improve our relationship? I'm sorry, Marky, but unless we make some specific plans on how to overcome our differences, I'm not prepared to move back together. I am prepared to visit a counsellor with you. I don't want to go there. Well then, maybe you want to get up before the children wake up. It would be very confusing if they found you here. It might foster wrong hopes. Camellia is already asking for us getting back together. Saturday. Three weeks later, my phone rang. As I had bought the latest smartphone as my retail therapy after Marky had moved out. Even though we lived apart, she remained the most frequently used number on my phone. The coordination around the kids made it necessary. So I was not surprised to see another incoming call from Marky's number. Daddy, can I come to your place for a little while? Sorry, Camellia, you'll have to speak up, otherwise I can't understand you on the phone. Daddy, can I play at your place for a little while? Well, it's almost bedtime. What does Mummy say? I can give the phone to her. Wait. Rob, Camellia wants to see you. Can you take her for an hour or so? Well, I, I just came back. She really wants to see you. All right, then. I'll pick her up in ten minutes. See you soon. I drove down the road to Marky's new rental place. Getting on her road was also tricky, since I had to take a right turn onto a very busy road. Patience, an opportunity will present itself there. I pushed the pedal of my Nissan Cube almost to the floor to get my little brick-shaped car onto the road. Only a hundred more metres and I had to brake again to get into Marky's driveway. Even before I locked the car, the front door opened and Camellia stormed into my arms. I missed you so much, Daddy. Oh, I missed you too. Can you bring her back in an hour or so? Sure can. Come on, Camellia, let's drive home. Daddy, your car smells nice. Oh, thank you. What did you do today? Oh, I was busy. With what? Well, I drove up to Castle Hill. Who with? A friend. What's her name? How could she guess? She's far too smart. Oh, well, her name is Daisy. Did you kiss her? Whoa, that is a direct question. Should I tell her the truth? Oh, well, um, I guess I did. Can we play PlayStation at your place? This is it. No more questions. Looks like she's okay with Daisy. That was easier than expected. We certainly can. Before I was able to turn on the PlayStation, Camellia dragged me into the floor and wrapped her arms around me. We sat on the floor, cherishing the embrace. I missed you so much. I missed you too. When can I come to your place? I'll pick you up from school on Friday. But that's such a long time. I know, but Mummy wants to be with you as well. Shall we play Blob too? Yes. We played together. Colouring a grey world and defeating Papa Blanc whenever we could. I took her back after an hour and Poppy gave me a big hug when I left. When I was back home, I called Daisy. Hey, Daisy. Hi, Rob. I just wanted to thank you for a wonderful day. I had a good time too. I just had the most interesting conversation with Camellia about you. You already told her about me. Isn't that a bit premature? I don't intend to hide you from her. I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. You don't have to meet them right away. But I'm also not going to lie to them. Did you tell Marky about me as well? No, it didn't come up. Good. Well, have a good night. Uh, you too.
Sunday. The traffic was dense, but I used the bike lane to pass the long lines stuck in front of the traffic lights. It was almost 12 o'clock. The girls were on play dates, and today I was going to have lunch with Daisy in a cafe. Not too fast, Rob, or you will sweat and smell like a grizzly bear. I locked my bike, storing the helmet in my bike bag before entering the cafe. Daisy was nowhere to be seen, so I took a seat close to the door. You're too early again, Rob. Does this still surprise you? Let's look busy by looking at the menu. What would you like to order today? Oh, I'm just looking. I'm waiting for another person. No worries. Just give me a shout when you're ready to order. Uh, Thank you. I took out my phone and checked my email, Facebook and RSS feed. A quick scan around the room revealed that at least two others were desperately trying to use their phones to hide their solitude. Thirteen minutes later, Daisy walked through the door. (sighs) Sorry I'm late. The traffic was insane. Oh, that's okay. I'm glad you could make it at all. It's a busy day. Should we have a look at the menu and then order? Sounds like a plan. Didn't take us long to decide on our lunch and the waitress took our order. I'm really happy you're here. I got a bit worried after our last phone call. Oh? What did I say? You mentioned that you don't feel ready. Rob, I do like you, but you have to understand that you're the first guy I've dated that has children and an ex-wife. That's scary. Feels very natural for me. I'm not proud of failing in my marriage. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about it so that I have a chance to understand why you find it scary. It's just such a big commitment and I'm worried that you're just looking for the piece in the puzzle that replaces Marky. I'm not looking for another mother for my children. They already have one. I'm looking for a new partner. I understand that. And I like you. I truly do. But it's rather overwhelming. What should I say if I meet her? Will the girls like me? And what if the girls do like me and it doesn't work out between us? How could I leave them behind? Maybe we can just take it one step at a time. First, we figure out if the two of us match. Then we figure out if the four of us can make it work. I need time for this. No pressure. I took her hand and we looked into each other's eyes. I think the girls will love you. Aren't you looking forward to that? I want to have my own children too. There is not so much time left. I'm not getting any younger. One step at a time. How was your day so far? Not too bad. Answering emails. Hmm. Do you think they actually serve food in this cafe? We ordered. Oh yeah, but they don't seem to have any intentions of bringing it to us. Maybe you could talk to them. When I'm in a cafe, I turn invisible. Waitresses never seem to notice me. I'm tempted to take off my clothes and run around naked to test this hypothesis. All the customers are staring at their phones anyway. (laughs) You can't do that! You watch me. I took off my shoes and socks and started to fumble with the zipper of my trousers when the waitress appeared. Here's your food. Thank you, that looks yummy. Is everything okay with you? Just uh, some minor costume malfunction. Let me know if you need any help. Your attention is all I desire. How's your back coming along? I'm going to have another MRI scan. You've had one before? Yes, I need to keep an eye on my spinal cord. Every couple of years I get it done to see if my condition's worsened. And has it? There have been some recent occurrences that lead me to believe it's time for a checkup. Like what? 
Oh no. How am I supposed to explain what happened? I can't control every part of my body all the time. That must be hard. Has it always been like this? Well, I was never any good at running or pretty much any sport that involved running. I'm sorry to hear that. What was it like growing up? Felt pretty normal. Okay, I was a slow runner, maybe a bit clumsy, but otherwise fine. We all grow up in our own bodies and accept our functions as normal. And so did I. It was mainly my mother who reminded me that I'm special. She loved discussing my medical conditions with her friends and later with mine. Ouch! That must have been embarrassing. Most certainly. She used to say, I want my boy to grow up as normal as possible. In a way, she had come to terms with my condition as well. And she achieved this by talking to the others about it. Still, the public display of my problems was always humiliating. Oh dear, I never had anything broken. Consider yourself lucky. In the end, we all have our cross to bear. We finished our lunch and I returned home before I picked up the children to drive them to the swimming pool. Camellia and Poppy had worked up an appetite and the pasta dinner went down quickly. Can we sleep in the same bed again? That's fine with me. Poppy, come here, it's pyjama time. Can you help me? Come here and I will. I was sitting on the carpet in the girls' room and Poppy walked to me and gave me a big hug. Piggyback ride. No, Poppy, we, we need to get ready for bed. All right then. She walked around, sat down in front of me and raised her arms into the air. I pulled up her sweater and when it was halfway up I stretched out my fingers and tickled her under the arms. <laughs> don't tickle me, Daddy. I said no tickling. I'm not doing anything. I'm just helping you undress. She threw herself on the floor. While she was still pulling her arms out from the sweater, I started to tickle her again. <laughs> Daddy, I said no tickling. I'm not doing anything. I took her leggings and put them on my head. Look, Camellia. Daddy's got bunny ears. Hello, Mr. Rabbit. Would you like some carrots? Oh, yum, yum, yum. Here you go. Camellia stretched out her empty hand. I sniffed it and then gave it a good lick. Ew! Disgusting! Daddy! Hey, I'm a hungry rabbit and you've got some carrots. No, I don't. They're all gone. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, girls. Come on, put on your pyjamas, brush your teeth, comb your hair... Use the toilet and then off you go to bed. Can you give me a ride to the bathroom? Sure I can. I picked her up legs first. Whee! This is fun. I put her down in the bathroom. Now brush your teeth and comb your hair. Okay. I returned to the girls' room. Camellia was on the floor. She wore her pyjama trousers but had not yet put on her top. She looked down without any intention of putting it on. What's wrong? There's a spoil at school. I really like him, but Sasha said he doesn't like me back. Oh, no. Well, that's a pity. Nobody likes me. Oh, that's not true. I love you and you have lots of friends. <laughs> oh, don't cry. Everything will be all right. She fled into my arms. I don't want you and Mummy to be separated. Tears ran down my cheek and Camellia looked at me carefully. Are you crying, Daddy? Look, when you're sad, then I'm sad. We looked into the depth of each other's eyes. And in that exact moment, our bond was like two, two by eight plates stuck together. No 630 brick separator could disconnect us. Are you two crying? Just a little. We were both sad. But now it's much better. 
I want a hug too. Family hug! All three of us cuddled together and my heart filled with joy. Monday. After lunch, the usual tiredness set in. My mind slowed down and I had already checked my Facebook status. My inbox screamed for attention, but I couldn't be bothered reacting. A short knock on my door was a welcome distraction. Come in. Professor Park, would you be interested in a cup of tea? I received a special tea from a visiting Chinese official. I would love to, Professor Smith. Don't you need some water to boil for the tea? Oh, right, your office is fully equipped. Have you already received any reply to your last email to Jack? None at all. I assume that's good news. But I did get a response from the ACM stroke IEEE Joint Task Force on software engineering ethics and professional practices. Oh, you did actually contact them. I couldn't resist. They confirmed that their ethics code is designed to allow for the development of weapons systems. There you go. Don't harm anybody unless it's the others. I've had another observation. Which you are going to share with me, I fear. I can't tolerate your ignorance any longer. What's it to you? People know that I'm conversing with you. People will wonder how I can stand to be in the same room with you unless I am as utterly and completely brainless as you. <laughs> Since when do you care about what others think about you? I just don't want them to feel sorry for you. You must feel so inferior in my graceful presence. I feel something in your presence, Your Highness. What is the word? Inferiority? No, 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 wait, wait. Pity. Yes, I, I have to admit that I feel pity for your complete detachment from reality. <laughs> Before we do indeed lose ourselves in an alternate reality, allow me to return to my original observation. Only if you must. I was wondering what processes are being followed for establishing a taxonomy. How does it start and how does it become a standard for a community of users? And what did you find? You may assume that it would involve a group of experts coming together, discussing the advantages and disadvantages of certain proposals. Maybe they would vote for the best solution that they would then implement as a representative of their community. It sounds like politics. It turns out that this is historically not how many taxonomies came about. Just consider Aristotle. Just one guy who maps out the whole world, and he remained unchallenged for centuries. Unchallenged? Despite declaring that Areti is only a subcategory of ethics? Well, that's only a personal issue between him and me. His ideas about reproduction are probably a much bigger blunder. His ideas, including the rubbish ones, were upheld for such a long time that nobody dared to challenge them anymore. That's an interesting example. What are you getting at? Aristotle is just one example. Consider Linnaeus. He created a taxonomy of all living things. Well, he started it. True, but his taxonomy quickly dominated natural history. And then we have Melville Dewey, who cooked up a taxonomy for categorising the contents of books. His decimal classification system was very popular and inspired the Library of Congress classification system, which was developed by Herbert Putnam in 1897. OK, these are all examples of taxonomies and you're able to reproduce many facts. But what's your point? 
My point is that it has often been individuals, obsessive individuals, who just create an initial taxonomy. They are often consumed by their mission. Maybe it takes a good amount of preoccupation to dare to take on such huge tasks. That might very well be the case. Are you suggesting that you might be just such an obsessed individual who defines the ideal order? Maybe. It only takes one dedicated person and a lot of persistence. I do have much more time now. Well, it sounds all very promising. How's life at home? Oh, pretty good. The whole situation is like having a migraine and then you have to take two paracetamol. The pain recedes, you see more clearly and the world is full of colours again. Well, sounds good. Well, it is. All the fighting, all the friction, all of that's gone. It's become a peaceful home. How are the girls coping? Poppy seems to be perfectly fine, but maybe she's just a bit too young to fully understand what's happened and what consequences it will have in the future. Camellia's all right as well, but she's very sensitive to any argument between Maki and me. Most of all, though, there is harmony at home. Finally, I have the opportunity to connect to them. And there is just so much love going around, it's crazy. In the morning, they come into my bed for a snuggle. What better way to start a day? It does sound like an improvement. It is. Instead of one miserable home, we now have two happy homes. Well, I don't really know what's going on at Marky's place, and to be honest, that's good news as well. I don't have to be concerned about her any longer. I always felt so responsible for her unhappiness. That's gone. I'm free, and I'm curious what else life has in store for me. Would you have guessed that you would be back on track so soon? I remember how you felt just six months ago. Oh, yes. That was the worst time of my entire life. I felt so ashamed of having failed in my marriage. Life seemed so perfect before. A good job, two beautiful children, a Japanese wife, a house. I had everything worked out. I thought I just needed to cruise it all home, but then bang, life changes. Life is very creative when it comes to creating disturbances. My life is certainly more dynamic now. So many wonderful and weird things happen. Sad things too, but... Overall, I'm much more balanced and happy. It's more work when I have the children. Once the girls are sleeping, I usually collapse. And on those days when I don't have the girls, I have to catch up with all the work I missed. How's it going with Marky? We have a working relationship. Well, we have to for the children. But again, it's great not having to worry about her, not getting yelled at, not getting any complaints. Looks like your private life is moving forwards. It is. And actually, I have to run to pick up the children from school. Off you go. The school finished at 3pm, and I made it just in time to pick them up. Poppy had turned five and now attended the same school as her sister. The girls played in the school's playground for a little while before we set off to return home. I had started to let the girls ride their own bicycles to school and, while it gave me the shivers occasionally to see my girls encounter difficult traffic situations, they had learned quickly how to master the route to school and back. When we arrived home, Camellia took out a questionnaire that she was supposed to return to the school the next day. I sat down with a pen and inspected it. Besides the usual background questions about Camellia, it also asked for her ethnicity. I looked a bit perplexed at the questions and its possible answers. New Zealander, European, Maori, 
Samoan, Cook Island Maori, Tongan, Nuean, Chinese, Indian, other, please state. I looked at Camellia with her slight almond eyes and her light brown hair. I guess I would have to select the other category and state Kiwi and Japanese. But why would they include a category New Zealander in a survey targeted at New Zealanders? The children ran into the garden to play while I started the kettle to make some tea. Asking an ethnicity question might have made sense when the first European settlers arrived in the 19th century. At that time, Māori and Pākehā would have made sense, but how quickly would there be already have been mixed children? So this categorisation would fail. Ethnicity is a complex phenomenon to start with. It can be based on citizenship, religion, language, country of birth, race, culture and ancestry. How can they expect us to squeeze all of that into a single category? At least New Zealand didn't have anything close to the apartheid system that was introduced in South Africa. The apartheid system required a thick handbook to determine the racial status of its diverse population. But even if a country doesn't openly discriminate against a certain group, it can still result in peculiar situations. I remembered a former American visiting researcher who had lived in Germany for a while. Since it's obligatory to register your residence with the local government, he visited the city hall to complete the paperwork. Under the category religion, there were only two options, Catholic or Protestant. He had asked the administrator how to fill in the form. She had said, just put in your religion. It is for the automatic deduction of the church's tax to which he had replied, but I'm Jewish. The poor administrator was unable to respond to this in any meaningful way and simply told him not to answer the question. Sometimes categories can be so deeply embedded in a culture that it becomes inconceivable to think outside of them.